Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company? Do you want to have more control of your income and your time? Then now is that moment to start and grow a successful business. As a female entrepreneur, I have succeeded. I have bit the dust. I have bounced back to growth and prosperity. But this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business. But I didn't do it alone. I hired my first business coach 13 years ago. And now I help small businesses, solo practitioners, and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one strategy session. So go to coachwithheather.com, coachwithheather.com, and let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Hey, it's Heather. Is your digestion feeling off? Are you often hungry even though you're eating enough and taking supplements? Are you struggling to burn off that last bit of stubborn fat that will not go away no matter how hard you diet or exercise? I guess I'm talking about myself here. See, it might be your gut. It was mine. That's why I am so excited to announce that P3OM, the Navy SEAL of probiotics, is now available at energywithheather.com. Look, tens of thousands of real people, including myself, has used P3OM to manage constipation, bloating, gas, acid, abdominal pain, and much. Look, as you'll learn when you go to energywithheather.com, P3OM uses unique and patent strength that has been proven in lab tests to deliver the right bacteria to your gut. So your body has what it needs to let go of all that fat. So look, what are you waiting for? Go to energywithheather.com. That's energywithheather.com. When a man loves a woman. Hi, everyone. Welcome to The Win with Heather Haverwood. That was our guest, Daniel. That was awesome. I could not have. Wait, Heather, did you record that? I did. No I way. Was recording that. I was about to say three, two, one, but you busted out in song. So, I'm, I, by the way, I'm going to keep that in because it was awesome. Can't sure. Stuff. So, I'm going to tell you who Daniel Giffen is. <laughs> Daniel is the number one yeah. international bestselling author of Self Help Addict and host of Can I Pick Your Brain? And, of course, an amazing thing is that was good, which mm. has reached over 190,000 downloads, ranked top 26 podcasts to listen to by CIO Magazine. He's appeared on over 50 top rated podcasts and major publications. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. And 51, Daniel, 51 now. <laughs> oh, 51, exactly. Thank you. 51 now as of this moment. Daniel has also been named the top 25 most, no, most influential influencer by Influencer. And after realizing the power podcast, because they are amazing, he has launched his fifth child. Love that. Geefin Media Group. Also, recently, he's launched his second podcast. Ta-da! The Daniel Geffen Show. The no, Daniel Geffen Show. The Daniel Geffen Show. Your singing was awesome. Well, that's all you're going to get from me today. Well, maybe not. Who knows? <laughs> what, what are you kidding out. me? No, you don't know. So, by the way, you didn't know. I'm living. I'm sitting here in Austin, Texas. You're in Israel, correct? Yes. It's the Power Podcast. I'm talking across the world. We're going to be live. We're sharing this with the world. Sharing this with entrepreneurs around the country. Um, yeah, so I do business with your company. I do business with your media group and working with some of your clients. I think it's fun. So let's talk about, let's talk about something that, uh, let's talk about your show. You just launched your second podcast and a lot yep. of people think, well, why would you create another show? 
talk about mm -hmm. that. Talk about why you did that. Okay, so this is going to sound a bit cuckoo to some people, but basically, um, I have this weird thing where I wake up in the morning, okay, and I get flooded with ideas and thoughts, right? It's like, it's like when I go to bed, I have all of these thoughts and I have to drown them out because I'm like, shh, it's bedtime now. It's three o'clock in the morning. Stop thinking already, Daniel. So like, finally, I fall asleep. But the thing is, is that those thoughts and ideas, they don't stop. They just accumulate while I sleep. It's like a dam. Yeah. And the, and the water is like, it's like when you need to piss in the morning, it's like yeah. you piss a lot because it's like you, you needed to pee the whole night, but you couldn't because you were unconscious. So the same thing with my thoughts and ideas, they just come flooding out. Right. So, but here's the thing. A lot of people, when they have thoughts, they mm -hmm. just think about them and they have conversations in their head and nobody knows it's happening. With me, I have a slight case of bipolar, which means mm -hmm. uh, two things. One is I get, when I get really high, I get really high. Like right now I'm like, woohoo, yeah. But then I also have very, very low lows and we could yeah. talk about them as well. But the other thing is I also need to talk my, my thoughts out, meaning I need to verbally hear myself to, to, uh, what's it called? I guess, uh, it it's like working it out. I mean, I have the same yeah. thing. It's like in a weird way, I, I have an idea that comes through tell me this is right for you, but I have an idea that comes through and then yeah. all of a sudden I have to like, I have to work it out through communication and speak it out, yes. speak it out and speak it out and go, is this yes. viable? Or am I, you know, how do I speak this in my head? It's my communication styles. Like I work out conflict through voice. I, I can't do it through text or any of that crap. That's why mm -hmm. I have a coach. Cause I was like, here's the idea. And I flush the idea out through communication. Yes. Yes. But do you ever talk to yourself, Heather? Do you ever like yes. your bedroom and actually talk to yourself and have a conversation with yourself? Yes. I mean, absolutely. You kidding me? Okay. I'm an entrepreneur. Right. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but I'm not cool. alone. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, honestly, yes. I mean, I mean, I was diagnosed ADD and that's fine, but yeah, I definitely talk things out. I definitely get ideas okay. and I have a coach. So sometimes I'll talk that out in her space. And she, mm -hmm. the thing about a coach for me is that there's no judgment, not like your sister or your brother or your friend going, that's stupid idea. You know what I mean? Like, she right. never yeah. like, okay, all right. Well, if that's what you want to do, what do you, what does that look like? You know, she just kind of like, it's your, what do you want to do with one? Act on that. Do you not want to act on that? There's like a no judgment zone. And I think that's what you're yes. talking about. It's like, you've got to be able to allow yourself to do that. Yeah. So what I do is I go for a walk in the park. I have this park literally just right around the corner of my house and I go for this walk and it's about like 10 to 15 minutes. And I just basically talk to myself now. Thank God someone invented earphones, right? So what I do is I plug in my earphones into my phone. And as I'm talking, people think I'm just talking on the phone. So they don't think I'm talking to myself, which is really neat. So one day I had this brainwave like two weeks ago. I'm walking in the park and I'm talking to myself. And I remember thinking to myself, this is pretty good, the stuff I'm coming up with. Like, I wish I could have recorded that. And then I thought, well, why don't I record it? And then I realized, well, hold on, why don't I record it and make it into a podcast show? But then I said to myself, Daniel, who the hell is going to want to listen to you talking to yourself every day? Like, wh why would they want that? And then another part of my brain said, Daniel, are you kidding me? People will freaking love that. It's like, what does a guy think about in the morning? Like, what, what, and, the stuff I talk about usually is really deep. It's not like shallow stuff. Like I talk about taking imperfect action. I talk about being authentic and being real. I talk about my, you know, ups and downs and how my struggles of being an entrepreneur and how I deal with it. Right. I talk about, um, 
being grateful, right? When you're in a low, being grateful and just, you know, basically having fun, like enjoying the journey. And so I decided, screw it, let's do it. And I started hitting record and I produced a, a few episodes and I listened back to them and I thought, wow, this is actually pretty good stuff. And you know what's really interesting, Heather? And, and I think this is so important for people listening to this. It's not produced professionally at all. My, my first podcast, which I started three years ago, right, mm-hmm. was like professional. Like right now, for those of you listening, you know, Heather and I are basically sitting here with our professional mics. You know, Heather's got, you know, a whole like setup over there, you know, professional looking. This show, the Daniel Geffen show, is completely the opposite. It's me wearing a pair of headphones, Samsung regular white headphones, plugged into my phone, walking in the park when it's like a little bit windy and stuff. And I'm just talking, literally just, and it's like, I asked myself, I said, but will people want to hear that? Because it's not polished. And I realized that, you know what? They would, because I feel like everybody needs to find the right time and the right resources and everything's got to just fit perfectly together. But nobody really actually cares about that. They really don't. They don't. They, just, they, don't. they, don't. they, don't. they want right. the stream of consciousness in a way, right? They really yeah. want the stream of consciousness. Because if you ever go to a real life seminar, you know, someone's like a teaching seminar. I mean, you might have talking points, of course, behind them in a PowerPoint, but at the end of the day, most of the time, the stuff that they love, you take away from, you're like, that was some good stuff. Yeah. Is the person in the front of the room just like freaking have a stream of conscious about something, Yes. you know, or like a hot seat where the person just gets up and goes, okay, what's your name? What do you do? Let me try to fix it. And they just like stream of consciousness, fix it. That's like the juicy stuff, right? So right. I'm probably like, going to create one myself now. About so, so you should so do it. Like imagine someone gets up on stage, right? And they've got their whole script and they're all scripted and they're all prepared and they have everything. They have all their notes and they're like shaking like a leaf, right? And they're like trying to contain themselves. And you imagine you're sitting in the audience, right? So for those of you listening to this right now, imagine you're sitting in the audience and this person suddenly just looks at you and he takes his or her um, script, a piece of paper, and they rip it up. They throw it on the floor they come out from behind the podium and they say, do you know what, guys? Screw it. Like, I, I wrote this whole script. I practiced it a hundred times. And do you know what? To hell with it. That's not me, right? I don't want to be scripted. I, I want to talk about who I am and, and why I do what I do. And I want to get real and I want to be honest with you. Right now, I want to throw up on this stage. That's how I feel right now. Now, how many of you honestly would be like, oh my God, this is amazing. I love this, Right. It's also like a pattern interrupt, right? We're so used to everything being scripted. We know when we turn on the news, we know when we turn on a, a TV, the sitcoms, the movies, everything's scripted. We yeah. know that subconsciously. So when someone just stops and just rips something up and says, screw it, I'm just going to talk, there's not this polarization that happens because we're so used to being talked to scripted. Even though we don't want to think that, it's true. Everything in front of you is scripted. We know that Facebook, Instagram, all of it is, is, post, is basically post-production right? Everything's yeah. post-production. I mean, I do a lot of raw stuff here on the show, but at the end of the day, it's still post-production, right? So you're saying it's like you're taking that authenticity to another level. Yes, 100%. I have to ask you this question. You and I talked in the green room, which I call the, the raw green room in before, and he said something uh-huh. so perfect. I was like, oh, I got to talk about that. 
you said, I've been, you know, you're coming out to your show today. You've been reaching out to some people saying, Hey, will you help me promote the show? Or, you know, we like, like, and how are you kind of thing? You're basically self promoting yourself, which I love, but you said something brilliant. You said, Oh yeah, I've had the haters today. And I myself, how could anyone hate that? So I, I wanted to talk about that because I think sometimes entrepreneurs are so more fearful of those one, two, three, four haters versus thinking the moment you get a hater is when you've made it right. You have now officially made it. So can you talk about that? Why in the world would they hate it? Okay. So if you're going to put yourself out there, right, you've got to, you've got to realize that there are always going to be three groups of people that are going to listen to you or read your book or watch your videos. There's always going to be three groups of people. The first group are going to be the people who love you. They absolutely freaking love your style. They love your personality. They love your message, your mission, everything about you. And they follow you everywhere you go, whether you write a book, whether you launch a podcast, you create videos, they love you. The second group are the people who they don't care. They don't care about you. They're like, nah, who, who cares? Like, I don't really care for this stuff. And then you've got the third group of people who just, they hate the living daylights out of you. Like you just trigger something in them, whether it's the fact that they hate themselves or they're just jealous of you or whatever. They just had a bad day or I don't know. They're just born to pretty much piss everyone off and, and try to bring everyone down. There's just people like that. And what I say to people is, if you're going to put yourself out there, you've got to recognize one thing. If, it's, if you can't take the heat, get out of the kitchen. Damn you, are putting, you are putting yourself in the kitchen. You need to handle the heat. That's what it takes to put yourself out there. That's what it means to get up on a stage and influence people. You want to be small, that's your choice. It's your life. You want to be a spectator instead of a player? That's your choice. It's your life. But if you want to play big and if you want to impact people, then you're going to have to put your neck out there. The kitchen's going to get hot and you're going to have to take the heat. And my advice is focus 100% on the people who love you. Focus on that group. Talk to them and ignore the other two groups. The people who don't care, it doesn't matter. Just they're not, they don't matter to you, right? The people who hate you, ignore them. They don't exist. Focus on the people that love you and support you. And that's it. I sent out an email today. Um, and I also posted on Facebook and social media. And what I essentially said in the post and in the email was that, um, you may not know this about me, but I have a slight case of bipolar. And, um, I basically went into why I started my show. Now I got a ton of email and a ton of messages from people who said, Daniel, that is so raw. That is so honest. It's, you know, so courageous of you and so bold to, to come out and talk about something that's so sensitive. I really appreciate you. And I've, I've definitely subscribed to your show and I love what you do and it, amazing. But then I got about, let's say 10% of people who came at me going, you can't talk about bipolar. What do you know about bipolar? You know, I've got friends who really have bipolar and, and it's insensitive to use it as a marketing play. And I'm just like, what? Chill the what? F out, dude. Like seriously, you know, and, and, and I'll say something else as well, Heather. When I wanted to come up with a name for my show, Right, which by the way, when I recorded the first few episodes, I didn't even know the name of the show yet, which is so important. It's another lesson I want to give over here. 
for those of you listening, stop trying to come up with the perfect name or the perfect logo or the perfect brochure or the perfect, like just get on with it. Just start producing and no one really cares. Like just get with it. So I, then I reached out to my book and I'm like, okay, so here's, here's the question. Do I use my personal name? the Daniel Geffen show, or do I call it something else? Like, I don't know, living the legendary life or something like that with Daniel Geffen. And I went back and forth, back and forth. And eventually I came to the decision, Heather, that I'm going to call it the Daniel Geffen show. Cause I really want to build my brand. I want to build myself brand and my name. And I posted it on Facebook and I posted it on my social. And I basically said, um, you know, this is what I'm calling the show. And I had a bunch of people, literally, I kid you not, saying, who do you think you are? You think you're like Tony Robbins or like Oprah Winfrey? Like, who are you? Nobody knows you, Daniel Geffen. Why would you call the show after yourself, you egotistical maniac? Like, why would you? Literally, I started getting people literally stepping on my head, like, but angrily, passionately, like, who, who gives you the right to call the show your name? Who gives you the right and I it was hilarious because I found all of my lovers all of the people that love what I do they came in and they backed me up and they were like you don't listen to them Daniel okay <laughs> Use your name. You be proud of your name. You stand up tall. You stand up for your name. You go out there and you be proud of who you are. And I'm just like, yeah. yeah. You know? Isn't that great? I love that. And I was the first song. I did the same thing I, to you. I, I actually put out there, Heather, hey, which one I put retracted. So I did the retraction thing of that because mm-hmm. I went in my head about the brand and the da 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 da. So, like, you've given me so much amazing. What you do when you put your name out there is you're giving other people permission and you're giving me permission other people listening to be able to put their name out there and put their brand out there. It doesn't have to be a thing. You know what I mean? It could really just be who they are, the name of themselves. But the other thing I wanted to kind of add to what you're saying about the it's hot in the kitchen. I sometimes I do a lot of coaching for women. And one of the biggest things I hear is like, well, this is happening. This is happening. They're getting what I call punch. I call it punching when you're an entrepreneur, things come at you, right? It's getting punched. And there's no, there's no like corporate veil to like throw up or something. Corporate mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's just you. And I always tell them, I say, you know what? That's like when you are sitting here complaining about that, that is like an NFL player who's paid million, who looks at the owner of the team and says, I don't, I want to play, but I don't want to get hit. <laughs> then get off the field, give me back my jersey and the million dollars I just threw in your bank account. What, what, yeah. what, 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 right? It's like, if you don't want to play football, then if you don't want to get hit, then don't play football. You know what I mean? It's right. entrepreneurship. You're going to get hit. And I never forget, my dad called me one time. This is the beginning of all my entrepreneurship and I was going through some little loss law, but it was the first time I ever dealt with a lawsuit in my life. And he said, welcome to business. This is going to happen happen again. And if you don't like it, then go get a job. What's he said to me? He's basically like, put your big girl pants on and deal with that. If you don't want to deal with it, then go get a big job at a corporation and you never have to like, uh, wow. You know, but it's yeah. so true. I think entrepreneurship, and I just want to kind of move into what you're saying now. First of all, about the bipolar thing. I love the fact that you're, you're speaking about it. It's who you are. It's your cloth. It's just part of who you are. I have ADD. My sister has ADD and it's like, it's just, I don't know. It's just like part of the cloth and people somehow want to like, it's like having a scar and like not showing you have a scar. You know what I mean? It's like, we're all flawed. We're not perfect. Kim Kardashian is not where I look that way. People, you know what I'm saying? Like we are all flawed, you know, and pictures don't really look the way they look like on Instagram after a uh, sure. you know, photo shoot. Yeah. So I think it's great that you're bringing it out. This is who I am. And this is what I've done in my life. And this, this, 
this thing, you know, I'm going to call it a scarf for just a conversation. This thing is part of him. It's part of my cloth and it doesn't stop me. I'm not using it as an excuse. I'm not a, I'm not a victim, a master. It doesn't matter that I have this thing. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to you either. You're giving other people permission who may use that as, you know? Yeah. And, and I think people are afraid to really show the weaknesses, the dark yeah. side. That's what people want. That's what they love. You know, in my book, um, I, I started out talking about my dad and my relationship with him and how, you know, he was emotionally cold. Like he didn't ha- he didn't know how to love because his, his father was a Holocaust survivor. And he, he like, you know, my father basically lost his mother when he was 13. She drowned in a lake. Um, and his father was shot and buried alive and then managed to survive in the Holocaust, which is insane. But my dad was emotionally, he was cold. He, he didn't know how to, how to love. And right. my mother also grew up in a very, very difficult uh, upbringing. And so, and I talk about those things and I talk about being bullied in, in, in high school, like being called spider face because I had a mole on my face with hair growing out. And most people are afraid to talk about stuff like that because, I don't know. What if people don't accept me? And what if they don't, you know, but that's what makes you, you that's, that's how I am the person I am today because of all of those things. You know what I'm saying? I am the guy. Yes. I was the nerd in school. I was the guy that nobody wanted to sit next to. I was the guy that would get kicked out of class all the time. Um, I was hung by one of my teachers at one point. You know, hung? literally. What do you mean hung? Yeah, he hung me. He took me by my collar. I was about, uh, eight, eight years old, maybe. Oh and he God. took me by my, he was, he was about six foot four and he lifted me up and he hung me up on a peg on a, like a, a nail hanging out on the wall. I was like dangling there and he just stared at me and laughed at me. And then he walked away and I was like hanging there for, for how long it felt like eternity, but it was probably like five, 10 minutes. But I was literally like, that's the abuse that I took. Um, I was called dumb. Um, I really believed I was stupid and dumb until, um, I would say until I mid twenties, until my mid twenties, um, until I got married, had kids, built a couple of companies and actually realized that, Hey, I'm actually pretty smart. Um, and I've got talent. But until that point, I was like working on myself because all I can hear in my head was you're dumb, you're nothing, you're stupid. Yeah. I mean, I I can relate to that. Not saying you are, I'm not agreeing with you that you are. I'm saying I can relate to that. I actually, believe it or not, I, uh, I didn't really talk until I was seven. They threw me in speech therapy. So I was in speech therapy from seven yeah. to 14 because I couldn't really talk. I couldn't say my R's. I barely yeah. spoke. I was, they thought I was like a good baby because I was just silent until all of a sudden I was like too much of a and now you talk for a living, now Heather. Now I talk for a living. Exactly. I mean, it's, 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 yeah, right. I think that what you're talking about in your new show is so profound is that you're basically talking about the realness, the rawness, the true nature of entrepreneurship what really happens behind the scene, how creators really think. I was watching an interview recently, not interview, a documentary, not even an interview on um, an Elon Musk of Tesla. And of course they were showing all his, his major, major accomplishments. However, there was a piece in there and it was pretty small that they jumped over about how socially awkward he is, uh, all his different marriages, how you know socially awkward in so many different ways he is, how he is just being around him. It, it's what I call socially awkward. It's just socially awkward in the world of social. But because he's become so successful, that's kind of sometimes overlooked, you know, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. yeah. but 
I'm sure they haven't showed him when he was younger, kind of a guy, you know, not really interacting with people. So I think that there is a point where the awkwardness gets smushed to the relativity of the success. However, it's the point of it is that every single person I know that's truly successful has some kind of what I call rebellion in them. And there's some kind of awkwardness. I cannot tell you how many times I've been in rooms about other entrepreneurs and I'm looking around and we're like, we're all the dorks. You know what I mean? We're all the people that got like, pushed out of high school and looked down upon and we're all in one room together. Now I'll try to like talk to each other. So I think it's really interesting that, um, the ones that the rejected sometimes all the time are the rebellion are the ones that dream big. I've loved it. You know what that reminds me of, Heather? And and for me, there's, this is like a memory. This is like a moment in my life where I realized that I had made it. And when I say made it, I don't mean money-wise. I'm talking about made it in terms of this is really what I wanted. Um, so let me give you the story. So basically, um, I was, like I said, I was the dropout in school. And I had essentially built a, you know, a very nice size business and I outsourced pretty much the whole business to one of my competitors. And I managed to run the company from a hotel room. Like literally I could, I, I had my laptop and my phone. I had no staff. I had nothing, just a laptop and phone. And I, and I scaled this company, um, and ended up pretty much being in a situation where I could semi-retire at 31 years old. Um, and so what I would do is I would, I would go to the park if it was a nice day and I would work from the park. Like I would just be like, Oh, it's a nice day outside. I'm going to go and I'm going to work from my laptop and my phone from the park. And so it was one of those days where I was walking in the park with my, with my laptop in my hand. And suddenly I see a guy who I went to school with and he was one of those A plus students, the guy who everybody said was going to make it. And he was going to be the one like, you know, and I was always so jealous of this guy because he was like, you know, so perfect, you know, it's like, right. I was the loser. So this perfect guy from my high school was literally running. Like he was like running with his briefcase, sweating with his jacket and tie and like his whole suit. And he's like running past me in the park. And then he turns around and he stops for a second. He's like, Hey Daniel, what do you, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, um, I'm, I'm working. He's like, I'm like, where are you going? He's like, oh, I've got to catch the train. I'm, I'm late for work. And he was obviously going to the city to, to go and do his nine to five prison sentence. And he turns around. He's like, well, I don't understand. Where's your office? I'm like, oh, right here. And he did like a double take where he was so, and that face, Heather, that expression on his face was when I knew I did, I made it. I had the last laugh. I'm free. I'm the one that's free. I did it. Okay. I can be wherever I want with whoever I want, whenever I want. If I want to take a lunch break at three in the afternoon, I'll take it at three in the afternoon. If I want to go on vacation with my wife and and my four children, whenever I want, I'll do that. I want to take my wife out on a date for the day. I'll go and do that. I want to go to the beach and work from the beach. I'll do that. You are in a prison sentence, but you were the perfect kid in school and I was the loser. Now who's who's winning? You know what I'm saying? So, man, I wish I could have listened to this when I was about 15 years old. Oh my goodness. No idea. Can I share my story like that? I have one of those. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I mean, I was, I was in drill teams. I was a cute blonde girl, but I was kind of like, this is how your life's supposed to go. 
you know, you're blonde, you need to be cute and get married and have kids. And like, that's it. And I didn't want that world. So and long story short, the day after high school, I left, I was gone. I'm out of here, left the city, never came back to that area of world where I grew up. So, and I didn't go, I didn't, I didn't, didn't talk to anybody. I didn't like keep in track of anybody and all that. 20 years reunion randomly found out through Facebook that they were having a 20 year reunion. I thought, well, I don't know anybody there, but heck it well, you know, and I show up and at this point I've already written a book, you know, I hadn't had a podcast yet, but things are going well. I've been in the business for 10 years, 12 years. And there are these three girls and you're like, the head of cheerleading, the head of drill team, and like the popular girls, you know, those three that never gave me the time of day. And I look, by the way, amazing because I keep myself looking great. I am healthy. (laughs) I keep myself like, and I had this like really awesome, like leather outfit on like, oh, it's amazing. I literally have people pass me, like I could hear and go fat. I don't know. Because during uh-huh. high school, I was like very, um, I don't know, I was a real cruel cruise. I didn't talk a lot. I was actually really recluse, believe it or not. People fathom. Yeah. Who, who would know? Yeah, these three girls, that one major one named Wendy, she was like the one every guy wanted in the world, you know, kind of thing. I see her and I'm like, oh my no God. Yeah. First of all, <laughs> it was Wendy plus 100. And. <laughs> Right? And I'm like, whoa! And then, like, two of her friends that I remember, I looked at their faces. They didn't oh, recognize me at all. And then I had one say, oh my, I see you online. You're doing amazing. Do you have kids? I'm like, no. Do you have, do you have a husband? It's amazing. And they all stayed in the same area and they all had babies and they all hung out together and all that. And two of them were divorced. And that's fine. Great. You know, whatever. That's all good. Congratulations. And that's fine. Nothing against that. I think it's great. But I just was like, weird moment. You know? Like, yep. You made it. They're going to remember you. And I've had over the years, like over the last couple of years, I've had these random people like, cause I don't connect with them on Facebook. I've had a couple of people message me through Facebook and go, I remember me in high school. Wow. You've done so well. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, nice to see you. You know, and it's just this little piece because there are always people that never gave me the time of day in high school. You know what I mean? And I'm just like this kind of like a, wow, I am. Uh, I'm okay. You know what I mean? So I know that's like, I guess that's like revenge is sweet, right? Um, at the same time, I think that there is a piece of us. I know for myself, I was kind of told that uh, what I was told was no one expects anything of you other than to have babies. No one expects you to do anything, make any money or have it. That's kind of what I was told. You're not supposed to do anything. Just try to get through high school and try to get a try to get an MRS degree and have kids and like, just don't do anything else. So mm-hmm. I was kind of told different things. Like, don't be smart. You need to be stupid. Yeah. It's so, it's amazing how all the things that people told me not to do. I did. It's because of those things that I did that, that, that I was able to get to where I am today. For example, they told me to shut up constantly. They said, Daniel, you've got to stop talking. Your mouth is getting you in trouble. Today, my mouth is what, it, that's my secret weapon. Right. Like, right. I can talk. That's what make like, literally, that's what makes me different to a lot of people. I'm able to express myself and they try to shut me up, right? They, they told me, uh, for example, you know, you're too stubborn, right? You, you're too stubborn. And my stubbornness is what got me an investor. I'll tell you a funny story. You want to hear this one? Yeah, let's hear a funny story. It's for investors. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, so my first company, um, I had this call center, right? Now, here's the thing is when you start a business, you can't afford staff, right? So you've got to basically wear all the hats. So you're the salesperson, you're the accountant, you're the bookkeeper, you're the debt collector, you're the customer service rep, right? Everything, right? So that's what I was doing. And so, and not only that, but 
you've got no business. So you've got to hustle hard. And this is back when there was no Facebook, there was no social media. Um, and so I had to do old school, which was basically cold calling, which whatever, that's what you had to do. So I went down a list and I just started calling people. And the way it worked with me was that if you don't say no, it's a yes. Right? Unless you tell me, Daniel, go drown yourself in a lake. Like I'm going to call you back tomorrow. Like literally, I'm going to call you back tomorrow. So I did this. On the seventh call with this guy called Gary, he says, hello. I said, hi, it's Daniel Geffen again from Jet Virtual. Just Daniel. I'm like, yeah. He's like, stop. Okay. Let me just stop you right there. I'm like, yes. And he starts lecturing me about how there's a difference between persistence and desperation and harassment. And you've got to stop calling me. I told you that I'm thinking about it and I'm interested, but not right now. And da, da, da. And then he says to me, but sign me up. Okay. You got me on now, okay, time that was hilarious because I'm just like, okay, great. He just lived 20 minutes and then he signed up. Perfect. I did my job and I put down the phone and he sends me the form. Brilliant. That's not the end of the story. An hour later, kid you not, my phone rings and it's Gary again. And I'm thinking, oh no, he's going to cancel, isn't he? He's going he's gonna to give me another lecture and he's going to cancel. I pick up the phone and he's like, hey, Daniel, it's Gary again. I don't know if you know like, who I am. Basically, I'm a venture capitalist. Okay. I invest in companies. I recently sold my company for 300 million pounds. I've been thinking about it and, you know, I invest in people and you are highly, highly investable. I like the way you do things. I like your persistence. And, um, I'd love to meet with you to talk about potentially investing in your company. <gasps> Get this, out. I'm not kidding. It's a true story. I literally almost dropped the phone. I was like, what the freak? And I'm like this little kid. Like I'm like a 23 year old whippersnapper or whatever, however old I was like 24, 25. And I was just like, what? A week later, I'm sitting literally opposite this venture capitalist guy. And I'm thinking to myself, geez, this is the same guy who's telling me I'm too persistent, right? And it worked. It paid off. Now he didn't end up investing because I turned him down because he wanted too much equity. So I ended up turning him down. And I'm really glad I did. But the point is, is people will tell you, you know, you've got to be quiet. You talk too much. You're too persistent. You're too stubborn. Da, 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 da. And all of those things is what helped me get to where I am today. It's so true. It's so true. First of all, I love the fact that you were cold calling. I still believe that works today. I'm a big believer of it personally. I think that one of the things that, um, what, you know, what people that I listen to nowadays, Grant Cardone, old school Jim Rohn, you got to do everything there is to do successful, not just one thing, not just create a funnel. Like you've got to be able to pick up the phone and actually have conversation. And it's that persistence is actually going to get you the money. That's persistence going to get to be able to get you the sales. You know, you can create a funnel all day long, but if you don't get sales in the door, then it doesn't matter. And you've got to be shameless, right? You have to be shameless about it as well. And I, I got to give some, you some credit. You and I've had some great conversations, what I call, you know, off recording in the green room and just private conversations conversations and you tripled my price on something because you had me reframe it in my head and something that I do. And, and, and we both do, we launch people's podcasts and you said something, Heather, a podcast is an asset, you know? So you, when you're creating your new show, the Daniel, Daniel Geffen show, you're creating a new brand asset. 
It's a brand mm -hmm. asset. And so when you said to me, Hey, you are helping people build brand assets as you do too. I just went, he is so right. But this is not just a show. This is an asset in anyone's business. And you've got mm -hmm. to be confident in that. And so you, that's where that confidence comes from and double and tripling your sales. But it also comes to that confidence, picking up the phone, having those conversations, calling someone and calling someone and calling someone to a point where they're giving you money saying, I want to invest in you because people do that all the time. They're like, I want to invest in you, not the concept. The concept's great, but I want to invest. Yeah. hundred percent. And you know what I was thinking about today, Heather? Um, so today I launched, I launched the show and I needed, I knew that I needed to get like a ton of subscribers if I want to get to number one in iTunes. And I want to get to number one because who doesn't, like, why would you not want to get to number one? Right? So I literally reached out personally to over 200 people on Facebook Messenger. I literally individually wrote to over 200 people at my breakfast table, like just literally reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out, reaching out. And as I was doing that, I was thinking to myself, like, people don't do this. Most people, they don't, they don't work hard. They just figure, oh, I'll put out a Facebook post and maybe I'll get some clients. Oh, I'll put out, uh, I'll put a hundred dollars in a Facebook ad and maybe I'll get some clients. People are lazy. They are. They're lazy AF, right? Lazy. And so here's the cool thing for those of you listening. Like, if you want to be successful, in anything, you literally just have to do a little bit more because most people are lazy and they want quick results. They want it now. They have no patience mm -hmm. and they don't want to do the work. Like I'm literally today going to stay up probably close to 24 hours straight because yeah. I want it, because I want it bad That's and because I'm going to go out and I'm going to, I'm going to get it. I'm going to do whatever it takes. And you know what? There are going to be people today. Because I'm going to hit up at least a thousand to two thousand people today, at least, and there are going to be people that are going to come back at me, and I've already had people come back at me going, "Daniel, get the f away from me! Like, why are you sending me this? Like, I don't care about." And you know what? Next, I don't care because I'm looking for those lovers. I'm looking for my fans. I'm looking for the people who today wrote me back saying, Daniel, thank you so much. I love what you're doing and I will gladly subscribe to your show. I will gladly listen to your show. And those are people I'm reaching out to. And I don't like the rest of, I don't care about the rest of them. I really don't because who cares? One of the best things someone said to me once, he said, and I never forget this. He said, Daniel, what people think of you has nothing to do with you. So it's so true. What people think of you has nothing to do with you. It's so true. And I will say this. I was listening to, um, I believe it was Grand Cardone. I'll give him credit. He said, the mm -hmm. moment you have haters is the moment you've arrived. So he was, yep. his point was go get some haters. And if you don't have haters, then you haven't arrived. You know, look at uh, anyone big. I'm throwing names out. Jennifer Kardashian, Jennifer Aniston, Kim Kardashian. Heather, you want to go really big? Trump. You want to go really big? President, the pre and I know Trump. that this is going to cause a lot of controversy. Mercy. Donald Trump, as yeah. much as people might hate him at the end of the day, here's the thing about Donald Trump. I want to say one thing about him. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Nobody, nobody is sitting on the fence about him. No, and that's, that's so true. That is and so true. Honestly, I'm telling you one thing. Look at anyone who is super successful at what they do. And I promise you one thing, typically their audience or people who know them, there is nobody sitting on the fence. They either love them or they hate them. And here's a little test for you guys. People listening to this, you do not want people that like you. You do not want people that are sitting there going, yeah, she's okay. She's all right. That's the worst thing. 
because then you've just got a mass of people who are like indifferent. They don't really think about you. They don't care about you. But if you have people who absolutely freaking rave about you and then you have people who hate you, that is the best position to be in. It is the best position to be in. And look at anyone that you admire today and you will see, Google their name and you will see lovers and haters, but you won't see people going, nah, don't really. Uh, oh, President Trump? Nah, nah. I don't know. Don't really have an opinion about him. (laughs) Everyone's got an opinion about Donald Trump. And I do agree with that. I think I was talking to someone today about, um, you know, the news organizations, CNN and whatnot, the, what I call the ones that are anti. And what Mm -hmm. I was sharing with is like, they so much, there's a part of them. It's so much. Don't want to, don't want to focus on him and don't want to cover him. But then he has this way of throwing a tweet or saying something and it's like, oh, there goes the eyeballs. You know what I mean? And they like, there's a part of them just wants so much something else to focus on. And as the uh, the comedian at the correspondent dinner in Washington, said, you know her name, I can't remember, but she said basically, love him or hate him, you know, your advertiser dollars are up and he's making you a lot of money. You know what I mean? No, it's kind of one of these things where you have to realize there is no money. There's no money on, on what I call being like, there's zero money in being like the money is either loved or hate. I'm not a fan of Kim Kardashian. Have our respect, right? I respect the hell out of her because she's loved and hated. I'm, I'm one of the other ones. I'm not a big fan. They say, uh, Howard Stern, they say 50%. Over fifty yep. percent of his listeners hate him. Yes, it's incredible. But and and you know what's really interesting, Heather, is when I post something on Facebook, for example, or LinkedIn or wherever, and I get a hater and they start trolling me and start commenting, I'm laughing at them because their post, their comment just boosted my ranking. Like LinkedIn just gave me more love and more eyeballs because of their their comment. So I'm just like comment awake haters because you're just boosting me up you're boosting me higher it's like you're feeding the beast yeah you're so, feeding the beast right like, the beast. I could, you know who i get hate from would believe it or not um i get hate from women i get hate from women all the time and it they don't like the sexy boss they don't like this, this thing they don't like that thing you know it's almost it, and i always kind of they want me to go in a particular way like they want me to look like a barbie doll and they want me to you know, really be really cute. I mean, they don't want to have me to have a voice and say yeah. the right truth and say, um, I think a lot of the women coaches are ridiculous. I think a lot of the pink stuff and having to wear pink all the time and having to be look like a Barbie doll is ridiculous. I, th- I, th- I think that women feel like you're not supposed to do that. If I'm a woman coach, I must be talking to women, women as well. And I'm like, no, 60% of my clients are men. Most of my clients are men. So I think that part of this is like, you've got to be willing to be polarizing in many ways. You know, you've got to yeah. be polarizing and get out there and go crazy. So, and I just want to wrap it up here. We only have a few more minutes. So where can people find your new show? Where can they listen to you? Where can they find you? Where can they be with you? I love you and hate you. No. All they need to do is they're, they're probably listening to this on their iPhone, on iTunes. Most of them, probably I would say 60 to 70% of them. So all you have to do if you're on your iPhone is just go to the Daniel Geffen show and you just type it in the search bar, the, the Daniel Geffen. Geffen is with one F by the way. Um, the Daniel Geffen show. And then you'll see me uh, with this kind of weird looking face looking to the left for some reason and uh, just click subscribe. That'll be huge. You'll be helping me out. And um I'd love to be in your earbuds. That sounds a bit weird. I'd love to be in your earbuds. Hashtag in your earbuds. That could be, that could be a thing. It could be. It could be a thing. Do I really want to be the wax in your earbuds? I mean, that's, yeah, that's a graphic. uh, (laughs) 
Oh my God, that's good. Okay. Um, you're awesome. I'm excited for you. I love what you're doing, Daniel. I highly support everyone to go and subscribe and review and like or not like, love and hate. All of it's good too, right? Just go listen. And here's what I would say. Go listen and get a view about it. Love it or hate it, but go create a view about it. You know what I mean? Like actually make a decision and have an opinion. So go check them out at the Daniel Guffin show. And that is on iTunes, Google play as well. Correct. Google play stitcher radio. So they could, I mean, if you have an Android, if you're one of those, then you can go um, to Google play and type in the Daniel Geffen show and you'll find it there as well. Awesome. All right, everyone. This is Heather Havenwood. I'm so excited that you were on the call today. Thank you so much, Daniel. Again, this is Heather you. Havenwood. You can find our show at Google, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, as well as Rope. Everyone. Hey, it's Heather. Is your digestion feeling off? Are you often hungry even though you're eating enough and taking supplements? Are you struggling to burn off that last bit of stubborn fat that will not go away no matter how hard you diet or exercise? I guess I'm talking about myself here. See, it might be your gut. It was mine. That's why I am so excited to announce that P3OM, the Navy SEAL of probiotics, is now available at energywithheather.com. Look, tens of thousands of real people, including myself, has used P3OM to manage constipation, bloating, gas, acid reflux, abdominal pain, and much more. Look, as you'll learn when you go to energywithheather.com, P3OM uses unique and patent strand that has been proven in lab tests to deliver the right bacteria to your gut. So your body has what it needs to let go of all that fat. So look, what are you waiting for? Go to energywithheather.com. That's energywithheather.com. Hi, everyone. Welcome. My name is Heather Havenwood. Welcome to the show. Um, this is where, this is the show that helps you in your business, in your life, in your lifestyle, making you more money for all of it, right? That's what this whole show is about. My name is Heather Havenwood. You can find me on Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, Google Play, Roku, YouTube, all the locations, as well as Twitter. And I'm real big on LinkedIn. Make sure you follow me and all of my different articles there. So I'm going to introduce you to our guest today. Vin Clancy. Vin, are you there? I am here, loud and clear. Loud and clear. Now, by the way, I will tell you, he has a really thick accent, which I absolutely love. I'm going to ask him about it later, but where are you living right now? Uh, I, I'm near Beverly Hills in Los Angeles, your favorite town. <laughs> My favorite town. <laughs> it's not, but that was cute. I love that. So Vin Clancy is an infamous growth hacker that went from being on social welfare, welfare in the UK to winning best speaker at South by Southwest v, V2V, which is another portion of South by Southwest, if you're not familiar with that, for his growth hacking talk, finishing a hundred debate world tour and earning six figures on his debate growth hacking book. Vin created one of the biggest marketing com communities on Facebook and then moved to LA where he teaches companies how to rapidly grow their audiences and businesses. Vin is on a mission to speak truth to the many lies some internet markers tell. Oh, Hell yeah. He has is ready to debunk myths and share growth hacks for any industry. You can find him at acethegame.com. Vin, thanks for being here. It's it's my pleasure. I, I feel like I, I'm uh, really ingrained in American culture on this show. <laughs> I don't know what that means exactly. That's probably a positive slash negative. Is that like a slide to us? I, I, I love America. And now I'm being interviewed by someone from Texas. You know, people say the real America. For some reason, California and New York don't count as the real America. And I'm not sure how that works. 
We are, we are, we are the real America. That's because we have guns here. And <laughs> New York and California don't really have the gun thing going on. We're kind of like the middle America. And uh, yeah, we, basically Texas has a view that we don't need all of them. Like, you know, we don't hey, need to. Austin, Texas is the only time in all my travels in America I've seen a gun in the wild. A guy had one on his hip just wandering about during South by Southwest. Yeah. That's like a normal occurrence for us. You've never seen that before? No kidding? Never. I've been to like 40 American cities. Austin is the only one. Yeah. You should go to Fort Worth. Fort Worth, that's like a common occurrence. So, <laughs> you, so you and I were talking about how you've been speaking at South by Southwest for a couple of years. Yeah. Um, and by the way, if y'all don't know who that is, South by Southwest is a, wow, how do you describe it? Southwest is just is this unbelievable event that takes over Austin. If you live in Austin, it's a pain in the booty because like everything shuts down. Uh, but uh, people from all over the world come. They speak on marketing. They speak on uh, digital marketing. They speak on uh, film a lot of independent film and of course music takes over for two weeks. So let's, I, I kind of curious, what did you talk about at South by Southwest? So I gave uh, my talk, uh, growth hacking, how to grow your company in real time. The idea behind that talk is here's 50 things you can do when you leave the room to grow your company. So things like rebump, if you email someone and they don't get back to you, rebump sends an automated email every 24 hours forever. Things like find that lead where you can find anyone's email address from their LinkedIn or their company website. Um, things like um, like social media tools like audience, you can scrape all of Twitter and Instagram and find all the influencers by the keyword on their bio and if their email address is in their bio. So things like that, that you could use instantly to start growing your business, not it's six months to learn SEO, three months to do a sales course. No. What you can do right now because of the power of the internet is what I teach. Okay. So I want to talk about the very first one, the email. What'd you say? The reboot? You email every two hours? <laughs> well, you can set it to whatever settings you want. But rebump, basically you go and you say, if they don't reply to this email within this set time frame, email them again. And then you can do it again and again and again for as, as long as you want. And that's just, is that a software rebump? Yeah. It's, it's software. You write in what you want it to send. So you really should use humor or people get a little upset. But I tell you, like everything I teach, you can get away with so much more than you think. You think people will hate this. The number of replies you get, business inquiries, number of people who apologize to you and say, thanks for following up. I've been so busy, but I did want to speak to you. Can you jump on the call about something we're working on? It's an amazing piece of kit. Oh my gosh. Okay, so you have 50 of these growth hacks. Is this in a book? Is this in an article someone can read? Or can they? do they have to pay you money to get it? How do they get it? So uh, acethegame.com is my new growth hacking book. And that has 100 different techniques and a video course of how to do them click by click. So you're not used. But they're all very straightforward. But uh, yeah, I've curated everything in the industry, all the pieces of software that save you time. Uh, all, all these little techniques like the rebump, like uh, finding anyone's email so that you can get an advantage. So here's one I always tell everyone about. You connect these three pieces of software. They cost like $10 a month. So um, everyone who lands on your website, it grabs their name, their business name, and their email address and automatically starts emailing them in a drip feed sequence um, automatically. So you don't do anything. So think about all the people who are in your website you don't know anything about. This will go and find them and then turn them into leads. And then how do you, how does that, so just because I'm coming from email marketing and do a lot of stuff with different email marketing systems. How are you doing that without, without, I mean, how, how are you doing that and grabbing their email without their permission? So, um, so everyone's LinkedIn emails are basically public. Yeah. Um, and this software, if it can't find it on LinkedIn, it will go to their company website. 
uh, where a lot of people have their emails. It will search their Twitter, where a lot of people have also put that. So it, it, it will dumps of people and it can't grab anything that's private. If it's not public, so every now and then it, it can't find one. But by and large, all of us as internet marketers, as software people, as startup people, our email is somewhere to be yeah. got. Yeah. And emails nowadays are address, right? You can get so much data. You can get pretty much that I'm a female, where I live. You can see my age. You can get uh, different kinds of data just based on knowing someone's email and getting the data. I think that's, some people don't realize that. They go, well, they need, to, they need to know my name. They need to know my address. Nope. Your email address, sweetheart, is like your social security number. <laughs> So it's like you get someone's email, scrape the email, and then you get the data from that. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah. So like, another common thing people do is um, they, once you have your email address, you can run the custom audience Facebook ads directly to that email. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. so, so, one, so if you've been on a sales call with someone, something my friend Josh recommended recently, uh, you, can, you can put testimonial adverts only targeted to the people you've been on the phone with. So by the next time you speak to them, they're pre-sold. <laughs> Okay, that's really cool. By the way, let's let's. I'm gonna I'm gonna restate what you said. Okay, just basically restate it. So what he's trying to say, what he's saying is that you say, you're on the phone call with like ten or fifteen or twenty people. You have their email address. You've been in conversation with them. They say no for whatever reason. You're basically uploading to a list on Facebook to either do what I call a targeted campaign, almost like a retargeting, but a really targeted campaign. And yeah. then you're pre-selling them with testimonials and different. Am I yeah accurate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. It's brilliant. It's a pre-sell frame. So they're seeing you. They've been off the phone with you for whatever reason. They say no for whatever reason, but now they start seeing you everywhere. It's kind of a retargeting. And next thing you know, it's in the top of brain, top of mind, which is a pre-sell, which is a pre-frame to the sell. Yeah. Right? Yeah, 100%. That is super hot. Oh my gosh. Okay. Ooh, this is good. It's a good stuff. I love that kind of stuff. Like, I love like d- dirty strategy stuff. You know what I mean? Like, oh, this is good. Yeah. That's, okay. that's what I get. You, you, can, you can go so far within the terms of service for everything that most people won't um but spirit of american hustle exactly the american hustler man I, i'm definitely the american hustle girl like female hustle okay so can you tell us any more can you expand here because we don't really have set questions today we're just like here having a conversation okay, um, well tell me um what your typical audience member does and i'll throw out some hacks and ideas yeah sure so i think that most of my my listeners are either people that want to start a business or they have what i call a local business you know chiropractor dentist whatnot, or a lot of people I have on, on the show have e-com business, a lot of e-com businesses that maybe they're, they're prison. These are their, their prison to Amazon. That's what they feel like. Cause that's where all the traffic comes from. And they're scared to kind of either go off um, onto their own store, Shopify or whatnot, because they're afraid that the traffic's not going to convert. And the problem with Amazon, as you know, these are their words that, um, you don't get the customer data. You can't really control the customer necessarily, right? So what what would you say to that growth hack on that? Well, let me knock that on the head. Uh, when, Sweet. <laughs> when you're running Amazon traffic, um, one thing you want to do is send them not directly to Amazon, but to a squeeze page where you'll give them a bonus or cash back or something if they give you their email address. So you put a page between the Facebook ad or the Google ad and and the Amazon, where they give you their email address, and then you get that data before the next page. So now, now you own that customer. You get a slight drop in conversion to people who are bouncing off, but the data is worth so much that it solves that problem. The, the second way of solving that is to put a leaflet inside the box of the thing you're sending out with a discount if you refer 
are a friend or feature, but you have to register, give their email. So that, that's two ways of solving that first problem. Um, regarding, uh, generally speaking, how people in e-com should launch new products, there's a new website called Angage, A-N-G-A-G-E. Uh, this is phenomenal. So what they do is they're, they're watching trends of products worldwide. Uh, so you can see what products are about to be hot, what products are people a lot of buying. They can help you source the products. And I've heard a rumor, but I haven't used it, so I can't say for sure. I've heard a rumor they have the pixel sets of people who have bought that product from Facebook that you can then use for your Facebook ads. Okay, could you say the URL one more time? Angage, A-N-G-A-G-E, I think it's .net. A-N-G, A-N-G? A-G-E. Like engage with an A at the start. Oh, okay, cool. That's really super hot. That's I'm gonna I'm googling that right now. That's yeah. super hot because, as you know, lots of times with the Amazon, that from what I understand, again, of course, is that they don't get the data. They don't really know what's trending, what's not trending. So yeah, engage has a lot of uh, what's trending on the e-com side. Uh, Amazon ads are still. Are undervalued people are people are still generally doing Facebook ads so that there's still a lot of opportunity in there um, and uh, and so like this this is just an, a microcosm of um, so wh- whatever area you're doing there's a lot that can be said for this so if you're running a local business uh, and let's say you want to do Facebook ads or social media you just need to do a risk reversal so you run local Facebook ads to get in front of them or you cold email, you use find their email to find their emails. And then you say, uh, let me work on your local business. Um, I'll work for the first week or first two weeks for free. If you think it's great, then we carry on. And then there's no risk for them to take it on. If local businesses have never done things like Facebook ads, they get extraordinary results. In fact, that's the number one. The guys who teach you how to do ads, they never say work with entrepreneurs or coaches. They say work 100% with local businesses. People like dentists and doctors have big budgets. They, they never know how to get customers. They don't even have a referral scheme in place. Um, and they will pay you if you bring them customers. And so things like that, that's where the opportunity is for local ads and Facebook ads. It's basically going after the local small business, like the local, local chiropractor, doctor. Um, Yeah, that, yeah, I agree with that. They have real budgets and the challenge with them is they don't really think about hiring a full CMO, you know, or chief marketing officer. Um, but the moment you start, they start seeing dials, you know, the people calling in, they're like, we love you. We'll continue to purchase from you forever. Right. Um, yeah. that's so accurate. <laughs> no idea. And there's a, there's a ton of there. So, okay. So let's say people e-commerce, let's just kind of review it real quick, right? So e-commerce, we talked about and engage. I'm going to give you the URL. I just found it online. Here it is. A and is a Nancy G A G E dot net. That is the um the the site he was referring to. Um and so basically you're saying, hey, go ahead and use it from from a media to a squeeze page, get their email so you have that data, and then drive them back to either the shop, Shopify store, and or Amazon, right? Yeah. Cool. And then anybody who's doing an agency model would be focusing on small local businesses. So let me ask you this. You're, are you a, what's your business? Are you a speaker, more of a speaker and you're, you're paid to grow people's businesses? What's your business model? So yeah, I, I am paid to grow people's businesses, but um, I'm generally, I, I do private enterprise deals that I don't yeah. talk about, which are like six figures. Uh, I, I very occasionally take on smaller companies, but um, I prefer to teach um, and show people how to do this stuff because it scales a lot more. 
So I can do a webinar with 20 people paying me X and then I can give them advice one-to-one rather than working on one project to market one person's business. So it's, it's not any easier than any other business, but I love the information model. So you yeah. put out content, you build a community, and then you ask for leads, and then you sell info products. Um, I, I, I love that model. Like Before I was an entrepreneur, my only jobs, and I sucked at them, was like cold calling, telling sales. Like, and and, that's, and like, that's the last thing you want to do as an entrepreneur. If people haven't heard of you and you're trying to sell to them, their back is up uh, and they just want you to leave. So like, I, I always wanted to have people know, like, and trust me before I ask uh, for anything in return. And I think not enough people do that still. And what is that model you said? You said it really quickly. You said, it, so it's building the community. Yeah. So I, I still believe for most niches, for like targeting people who are millennials or Gen X, which is the majority of people who have budget to spend, um, I still believe building a Facebook group is the best way of doing it because mm-hmm. most, although the numbers are, are now declining fairly sharply for Gen Z, for people who are in business and the older demographic, everyone is still on Facebook all day. No one escapes it. So by building a Facebook group, you can build a community of people who are interested in what you're talking about and you don't have to pay Facebook like you do a Facebook page. Your right. Facebook page will not get seen by anyone unless you grow it. Uh, Facebook pages, in a way, they're kind of toxic to the small business community. And that's why we don't do much with them. Even Instagram, we can grow pretty fast without paying any money. But Facebook pages are just dead up. So, so I would say build a Facebook group, uh, invite all of your relevant connections in. You can invite all of your LinkedIn contacts. You can export all your LinkedIn contacts and invite them by email. Uh, and like entrepreneurship is lonely. So people love these groups to connect with people. It has to have a strong reason to exist. But if you show up every day with two or three different ideas and articles um, and you aggressively invite people by email, you'll soon have hundreds of people waiting to hear from you every day. The easiest way to find content, if you don't know where to look, is go on Reddit and search in the top right of Reddit. Reddit is like a group of forums. Mm -hmm. Uh, Every day, other people post what's hot in your industry, whether it's fashion or music or construction. Everything is on Reddit. You can find ideas there and you'll never run out of things to post about in your group or, or indeed if you build your community on Twitter or Instagram, likewise. Oh, I love that. Sometimes I run out of ideas, right? I'm like, I want to write an article. Where in the hell do I go? I'm looking at a blank piece of paper. You know what I mean? And one of you experienced that. I do. It's like blank piece of paper. Oh my God. So you're saying go to Reddit. Can you, like go, can you just share a little bit more about that? Yeah. So Reddit has ev- every, every forum in the world exists on Reddit. So whatever you're searching, you just there's a there's a search bar in the top right, and you just type it in business entrepreneur um, bicycles like whatever it is. There's a subreddit for it, and there are people posting every day. Hey, have you seen this? Hey, have you seen this? Uh, so they they post the ideas for you. Like uh, I, I could take anyone off the street, and uh, within a month have them a Facebook group with a thousand people in it for free. Who are, who are engaged in what you're doing just using this method. And if they have a LinkedIn with relevant contacts, I can invite in. Um, so it's, it's super easy to find that content. Um, and uh, I have a few guides I give away with the book as well. Like here are some headlines that will get people to open your emails. Uh, here's the top 50 most engaged posts from our Facebook group. So we've had over 50,000 people in our group. Um, like our group's so active, we delete anyone who doesn't like, comment, or share our posts. Like we, 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 we only want the hardcore 
it's better to have a small tribe who love you than uh, hundreds of thousands who don't. And they share your, they share, do you allow the Facebook group, do you allow people to share the article in the group outside the group? Yeah, so we, we do something not a lot of groups do, and that's our group is public. Um, a lot of people have private groups. So when you're in a niche like relationship counseling or, or personal stuff, it's better to do private but we've always wanted to be mainstream. Uh, we've always wanted to be a big group. Uh, we've had articles that have been there, been featured and discussed in places like BuzzFeed. So we always wanted to be mainstream um, and something that anyone could pick up um, because it's, it's a resource that does make the world a better place. If people can grow their businesses, they've got time and energy to uh, spend with their families or do things that give back. Okay, so you have a, that's interesting because a lot of people I know do the private because they want to have that interaction, that safe space. So what you're saying is like make it public, create the community, but then but then you do something unique. You kick off people that don't share or like. Is that right? Yeah. So whatever platform you're on, um, if you have ghost followers, they bring your, what's known as your page rank down. Um, so if so, all the social networks they show your post to a few people. If they engage, they show it to a few more and a few more and a few more. It's like the lady with the Star Wars mask. How in the hell did she with 200... Do, do you know what I'm talking about? No. She had, a, she had this one of the monsters from Star Wars and she spoke through it. Uh, if you look this up, you, your listeners will definitely know it. Uh, she had like 200 friends on Facebook. But people just kept sharing it because it was so funny to see this woman with this Star Wars mask Oh, on. I know you talked about the video and she was laughing. Yeah, exactly, yeah. So how in the hell can something like that be mainstream and end up on CNN? So that's because a few people shared it, a few people shared it. So what that means is if you have people who don't engage with you, then Facebook thinks, or Twitter or Instagram says, oh, this person doesn't have good content. Um, let's not share it with anyone else because it'll be a drag. So uh, you, you, it's, it's a good idea to kill um, anyone who's not engaging with you. So, you, so you're, you're killing them on their personal or you're killing them on the community? I'm killing them in the community, but I'll share another hack, which okay. may or may not go down well in middle America. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's not middle America. This is international. So, I mean, my, my main Facebook is my business. Uh, I mean, I don't really have a personal life, and that's a whole other thing we can talk about. But uh, if someone talks about politics, Trump, guns, um, or negative stuff, uh, I look at their profile. If it's, if it's an entrepreneur profile and they just happen to be talking about this as a one-off and the rest of it is about entrepreneur and business, they may remain. If they may conceivably buy something from me in the future, they may remain. But you always get friend requests from people who add little value. Uh, yeah. Most people moan. Most people don't do all that much. Uh, and, and really, it's about being in touch with your emotions. I know if I see a lot of those posts, I'll be triggered uh, and it'll make me less productive. So, um, so I'd rather get those people out of my feed and then use my good energy to help people grow their business. You know? Yeah. No, I completely agree. I stay away from politics on all stance. So you're saying basically have the kinds of, let's call them friends for sake of conversation with yeah. you know, Facebook of people that you're connected to friends that are only going to add energy to you. You add energy to them versus yeah. just having a number of friends. I, I love that model. That's and, and if you can't unfriend them, you can just unfollow them so they don't show up in your feed and they don't get angry at the family. I yet. do that all the time. I unfollow without them knowing I am. <laughs> Yeah, it's like they can, it's like a buzz kill. They're completely buzz killing to your own energy and it doesn't serve you whatsoever. So
So talking about personal life, I, you, I, I have to grab that because that was yeah. see. Um, I can relate, but I'm curious what you meant by you don't have a personal life. So um, I was on a podcast this morning and he asked, have you done a deal with the devil uh, to be successful as you are? Um, and uh, it's, it's, a really, it's an interesting question. Like to, to be successful in business, um, it, it really takes more than you realize. And in fact, the, the deeper in I've got, the harder I realize it is. It's not like my skills have made it easier to do all this stuff. So, um, so yeah, so I started Planet Ivy and I had no social life. Then I became a agency guy. Uh, I'll, I'll go through your transformation process, you know? So, um, so if we rewind back to 2011... Um, I was uh, on welfare, so on social welfare, living off uh, 71 British pounds a week, so about $100, living in a house with uh, water coming from the roof, flatmate who took drugs and ate all my food. <laughs> I don't know why I laugh when I say that. It was, it was bad at the time. Um, so that house, uh, got threatened. I got threatened by the mafia in that house because they wanted me to squat there illegally. Got out of that, was homeless, lived with my girlfriend uh, for about three weeks. They got me another place, um, and that was like 300 square foot apartment. The heating broke right away, and uh, then I called them up and said, hey, it's cold, it's England, uh, I, I need heating. And they said, well, the building's being demolished soon, so we're not going to bother. And they hung up. So then I had to get an electric heater, which I don't know if you have an electric heater. They eat electricity if you plug them into the wall, um, which wouldn't have been so bad, but they didn't trust me to... Uh, pay my electric bill so it came on a chip that you had to walk to the convenience store to put money on or it died and we didn't have any gas in the house so we had an electric cooker so the cooker would turn off halfway through food and I'd have to run down the road to put money on it so that's where I was in 2011 2011? in 2012 yeah Wow. Okay. Yeah. So 2012, that, that's where I was when I decided to launch an online magazine. So I never really had a job before. I'd been out of work <laughs> over a year. Um, like, uh, so yeah, so I, I had zero money. And then I had this idea of starting an online magazine. Uh, it came to me in a dream, believe it or not. The next day, I bought a domain, planetivy.com, as in planet, like it was going to be a world news website content. And then Ivy, like viral growing. About a 17-year-old kid, he built a website. Uh, within six months, we had 300,000 visitors a month. Within a year, we had a million visitors a month, all uh, obviously done for free. I had no money. I was on welfare. And then I got a check for a quarter million dollars, and then I, I was off welfare the next day. So that's where it all began, and that's 2013. Then um, we got to a second cycle, that's a million visitors a month in 100 days. Got into the Techstars Accelerator ahead of 1,500 other companies. Um, then I started public speaking, one best speaker at South by Southwest B2B three months after starting public speaking. I've never done it before. Uh, worked with the Royal family, did my hundred day world tour and then got my O one one extraordinary ability visa and moved to America last summer. And now I'm here. And now you're here. So, so there's a huge step there, right? So talking about the planet Ivy, how did you get the check for a quarter million dollars from planet Ivy? So. Um, so on day one, I, I read a book which changed my life. It's called The 48 Laws of Power by Robert. Yes, yeah. yes, I have it right next to me. Yes. Incredible book. And there was a chapter in it that said, get other people to do the work for you, but always take the credit. Um, and so I was like, I can't write all these articles uh, for Planet Ivy. So I called up every university and college in the country and said, I'm building this great site. It'll be uh, 
a great place to write. I'll give you editorial feedback. You know, you'll get a platform. It's going to be a cool site. Uh, and so other people started writing the articles for me. One article in 10 to 15 went viral. Uh, so I had hundreds of writers contributing. I, I mean, I had 500, even, even while I was on wealth, I had 500 people contributing, a team of editors editing it as well. So we had that content, and then I learned how to make it go viral on social media and social news sites. So, so then we had, so if you go to a venture capitalist and say, look, in the last month, last three months, we've had a total of a million visitors, that looks like it's the next Huffington Post. And, and that's what we went with. And then, yeah, and then it continued to grow after we got investment and we got it to, we got the sites to 2 million visitors a month in the end. Um, so that, and that's how we raised two rounds of money, just under half a million dollars. So that, that was my beginning as an entrepreneur. And it was a brilliant experience because um, it taught me some fundamentals I've used in all my businesses. Uh, you need to get it out the door before it's ready. Like the longer you take, the less uh, it works. You need to constantly get feedback and improve on it. Um, you can do a lot with very little resources because of the internet. Um, and um, the story is almost more important than the product. That will eventually bite you on the ass, but... Um, yeah, like being able to tell the story of your product is key. And I've used that in all my business. That's pretty interesting. So I'm look, I just went to planetivy.com and it clicked me through to your site, Vin, Vin Clancy. So is Planet Ivy still around today? No, uh, we, we, we decided to focus on other things. Okay. Also, like in terms of when we started, it was possible to, to have a site and make a living from banner ads. Yeah. Uh, Facebook killed that. All the ad money rightfully went to Facebook because the targeting was better. But yeah, like 2012, 2013, 2014, when we were doing it, um, we were getting like 20 pounds CPM for an ad. So every thousand visits, we get 20 pounds and we could have two or three of those ads. So the money was really good. And that's all changed. That's why you focus now not on that model. You focus on Facebook. Yeah. Well, also I led into um, like my personal brand is my strongest asset too. Um, so that, that works really well. Speaking and writing, I'm the best in the world at everything else. I'm pretty good at. I'm pretty good at marketing and uh, so like that. But speaking and writing, no one can touch me. So being able to lean into what you're good at is key and then build around that, which is why I mainly sell information now. Um, I, I actually make more from my agency, but uh, I, I love having an audience. I love like I showed up in Montreal a while back and over 300 people were there to watch me speak. It's just crazy. That's crazy. That's awesome. And you have an agency. How can people work with you? Um, they can they can beg me. Uh, just uh, get in touch on Facebook or Twitter. Uh, support at vinclancy.com. But I, I, I rarely take on people. Sometimes I do. Um, but yeah, I, I take on interesting things. Uh, I sometimes help launch Kickstarters. Um, so yeah, I, I do a lot of different things, social media, uh, email list growth. Um, but uh, I, I recommend people start with acethegame.com. There's a, they can get a group coaching with me that's a lot cheaper than hiring me. And that's going to be most of the answers. I, I'm a big fan of the, the CEO being the head of growth and learning it. Because what most people do is they don't learn how to do it. And then they hire a Facebook ads guy and they get ripped off because they don't know what they're doing. Got it. Yeah. So acethegame.com. That's acethegame.com. Check him and uh, check that out. And I'm looking at that. It looks like um, this is about growth hacking bundle, correct? Yeah. Yeah. That, that's that's the main thing. You'll get the video course, the digital book, and a ton of bonuses. Things like 4,000 podcasts you can go on, uh, email subject lines, uh, how to work with influencers, how to build chatbots. So every area, if you're like, 
I don't know which to go on. Um, there's going to be something in here that will fundamentally change your business. So like literally guarantee, I guarantee it'll change anyone who does its business. That's hot. That's super sexy. Super awesome. Super sexy. Okay. Well, I'm going to wrap it up because we aren't kind of out of time, you know, I definitely can talk to you for a long time. So I just wanted to wrap it up with you and ask, you know, other than going to aceofgame.com, how can people connect with you, work with you, socialize with you online? Um, so uh, my Facebook group is called Traffic and Copy. Um, Vin Clancy is my Facebook page and my Facebook name. So you can add me there. Uh, if you want to add me as a friend, Vin Clancy LA is how you'll search me. Um, yeah, and just message me, support at vinclancy.com. Uh, I will get to all of those messages as well. Oh, love that. That's awesome. Well, thank you for so much for being here. I'm super intrigued by what you're doing. Super creative. Whenever you're in South by Southwest in Austin, love to buy you coffee or <laughs> buy you a growth hack. <laughs> I think that's awesome. Uh, everyone check him out at acethegame.com. This is Heather Havenwood. You can find us on Spotify, iHeart, Google Play, as well as iTunes and Roco. We will see you soon. Havenwood. Bye. <laughs> Have you ever wanted to stop the nine to five grind and start your own company? Do you want to have more control of your income and your time? Then now is that moment to start and grow a successful business. As a female entrepreneur, I have succeeded. I have bit the dust. I have bounced back to growth and prosperity. But this would not have been possible without first taking the leap and owning my own business. But I didn't do it alone. I hired my first business coach 13 years ago. And now I help small businesses, solo practitioners, and professionals double their income and triple their time off. So let me help you too. My gift to you today is a free one-on-one strategy session. So go to coachwithheather.com, coachwithheather.com, and let me help you double your income and triple your time off. Thank you for listening to The Win with Heather Havenwood. Interested in coaching with Heather? Go to heatherhavenwood.com and sign up for a business discovery consultation. Here is your free gift for listening. Get three audio chapters of Heather's book, Sexy Boss, How Women Empowerment is Changing the Rulebook when you text the word sexy to 7200. Again, text the word sexy, that is S-E-X-Y, to 7200 and receive your three audiobook chapters. Number is good only in North America. This is a sexy boss rap. This podcast is a copyright of Havenwood Worldwide, LLC.